Hello and welcome to the Spurial Podcast. I'm Steve Backnick, and joining me as always, he's working on his articles. It's the Gabe Acevedo. <laughs> the Gabe. I am Tempe's <laughs> and Phoenix's Dark Crusader. <laughs> that sounds about right. You are you seem to be brooding and miserable and emo all the time. So absolutely. That is my life 24-7. The only thing you're lacking is the hair. The hair. Yeah, because I could just get the <laughs> liner like really quickly, but you know. <laughs> you know, actually that would probably make it easier to slip the hat on and off. You know? Oh, would you absolutely. wear do you think you would wear if you were a caped crusader, first of all, would you have a cape? Of course. And then would you go with the full face mask or like just like the, the helmet thing over the full thing, the full front face mask or like just the part that covers your eyes? Oh, just the eyes, you know, something dainty eyes. for my dainty face. <laughs> like a classic, like a classic Robin look? A classic Robin situation, yes. There you go, there you, you go. know, that nobody could tell that it's me at all. No. Yeah. Not whatsoever. Well, I mean, the, the best costume is certainly, you know, the Superman one where he takes his glasses off and everyone's like... <laughs> Who is this guy? Oh, love it, Lord. love it. You can't, you can't mess with that costume. You can criticize it all you want, but it's worked for what almost a hundred years now. So absolutely, yep. let's just keep it going. <laughs> yeah, we are, you know, we're the ones that that are losing right now. So we're excited. We're talking about the Batman today. Obviously, we have a blockbuster back in our podcast. I'm ready to go. I'm so excited to talk about this. I know you're excited to talk about this. We're going to get into that in just a minute, but first, I want to start with a blockbuster that wasn't a blockbuster, but is now secretly becoming one, and that's really quickly just talking about West Side Story. This is a, this is an interesting kind of tale of the film, because it was released in theaters back in December, and nobody saw it. We saw it. We loved it. We talked about it on the pod. We had a really good conversation, but nobody else saw it. Nobody <laughs> and then did. It made like $10 million. That was it. it. Which is so sad. It should have been seen. I mean, people, if you if you missed it then... I'm not going to be too upset. I mean, it was in the, the throes of some pretty dark Decembers, but uh, it's back out now. It's streaming on Disney Plus and on HBO because of the Fox merger issue and release and everything like that. But it's on both of them now. And people have been seeing this and people have been really interested in it. I mean, we've got an uptick in our podcast from that, which is pretty amazing to me so thank you all those people that have tuned in to listen to that and are continuing to listen now um but what do you think of this release strategy i mean it's uh, only a couple weeks until the oscars and all of a sudden people are watching this and they're really loving it what do you think um you know strategically for the oscars i think it's really smart oscar voting starts next week so you know it just hit at the right time people are talking about it people are are, are watching it um you know, it sucks that it didn't make um, money in the box office because I really do think it was a great movie. I have issues with it, but I do think it was a great movie. And I think the way Spielberg presented it to us needed to be seen in the big screen. Mm -hmm. um, it's very cinematic, um, but I'm happy that it's back in the conversation. Oscar wise, I don't know if this means that it'll probably either win more awards than it's predicted to or maybe surprise in Best Picture. But I, what I do think it does is that it cements the front runners it was already gonna or the other categories that it that it, it's expected to win already like ariana debose and supporting actress um so i think it cements those um but hey any what is it any publicity is good publicity or whatever the saying goes so good for them and and it's in two streaming platforms so you get double the hits 
um the little watches because maybe people don't have hbo max and see it on disney or vice versa so good for them i think it'll be a really interesting tale because i mean <clears throat> the front runner for best picture was belfast and then it was the power of the dog and then it was like they were neck and neck for a long time belfast dropped off and recently there's been some rumblings that power of the dog has like it's slipping really slipping because people are like realizing that nobody's seen this movie so they're mm. like what so there's there's there could be an opening here i mean it's an interesting race and that you know what would be exciting if this is an actual race you know like let's be surprised let's give it to some let's wait until the actual oscars day to award the winner i think that's pretty exciting to me i would not mind a huge shocker for best picture yeah, I think that would be really exciting. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think really what's going to be the teller uh, that'll be a really good predictor will be when the Critics' Choice comes in like two weeks. That's right in the middle of Oscar voting. So yep. we'll see that. And then because uh, that'll just give more momentum and everything like that. And and, and we'll see how it, it, it pans out for this. But I think it was a really interesting move. That, I mean, all of these movies are starting to come to streaming, and yeah. which is a really big deal. But the fact that this is on two streaming networks is a really big deal. Well, and one of them is a very family-friendly mm -hmm. um, streaming service. You know, it's Disney. Um, so, you know, their families will are sitting down around this movie together and watching it. So that's good. As opposed to something like Drive My Car, which is also hit the same day on HBO Max. But like a family is not going to sit around to see a three-hour Japanese film <laughs> compared to West Side Story. You see what I'm saying? Like, hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Which I, I saw it, and it's fantastic. I've seen it twice already. It's amazing. So, so you spent six hours watching Drive My I've Car. I spent six hours watching Drive My Car. It's great. which is which is kind of like funny because you know people criticize Drive My Car for being so long, and I'm not saying it's not long. It's definitely three hours long. I mean that's that's a that's a long movie, right? But what's funny is his other movies are longer. <laughs> like Raisuki uh, Hamagachi or, or Hamaguchi, his his other films. One of his movies, uh, I think Happy Hour, is ironically five hours long. What? Yeah, his movies are <laughs> super long. <laughs> like, yeah, it's oh no, sorry, it's not that one. It's no, it is Happy Hour, which is ironic because that's supposed to be an hour long, but it's five hours long. That's like ridiculous. So <laughs> wow. I did not know that. Well, I will watch Drive My Car, and that's it. That's the movie that, I'll yeah. watch from his. <laughs> that's fair. Well, you know, speaking of three-hour movies, we have The Batman, which was three hours long. And, you know, this is one that I hope, I really, really hope people sat down to watch because, man, was this an adventure. We're going to talk about it in just a minute. But before we get into that and our meet conversation, we're going to have a quick break. So we're starting our conversation about the Batman. Now, this is something that we've been anticipating for quite some time. Ever since they dropped the first beginning of a trailer, like two years ago, at like I don't even remember what it was at. Was it, it was at Comic Con? It was like no, was it, it was a DC fandom or something. A DC fandom that they did two over two years ago. It and was they in dropped, the fall twenty twenty. They dropped like a little bit of a concept of this film yep. and like to show like tone and, and ideas and. Ever since then, I've been like clamoring for more. I, I love the first trailer was awesome. These are some of the a great, great trailer. Um, and then we got the movie. Got to go see it on the big screen. It's only available on the big screen right now. And it was everything I would hope it was. I mean, I was really, really excited for this. The nice thing is you and I are in agreement that this is a great movie. 
it's kind of rare sometimes for us to be in complete agreement. <laughs> but I know, this right? Was... But when they're good, they're good. Here we yeah. are. <laughs> and, and and this was great. You know, this was a really great movie. Um, it's just exciting. Batman's such an interesting character anyway. So I'll see everything Batman. But we were really, really excited about this. And it's not just a just a, a good movie or a great movie. It's it's a really, really great superhero movie on top of that. Um, now, what makes this stand apart from all the other superhero movies that are coming out today? Um, I mean... Come on! Like, did you see the movie? Just I would, I would literally just say the the ridiculous answer. It's everything. This is a completely different movie for what we from what we've gotten. I don't know the last two years, three years. When was the last like dark superhero movie? Superhero ish, maybe Joker because it's you know it's a villain thing. Um, you know, it's a completely different take that we've seen um, on Batman before, which is really refreshing. But like you said, the most refreshing thing is that it's not the paint by numbers superhero movie that unfortunately and i still watch them and i enjoy them marvel gives us this is completely different it's long it's brooding it's dark it's mysterious it's violent it's bloody it's something different and apparently it sold you know people were excited for it people went to watch it um this is filmmaking and i we were talking about this before we started recording this shows us what superhero movies can be. They don't have to be this 24-7, but just like the paint by numbers ones, we can get different things, and that doesn't have to be 24-7 hero movies. So it's just it's weird to say that a dark, violent movie is refreshing. <laughs> but it is. It's it's just refreshing. I mean, I agree with you. The thing that for for me, the thing that set it apart is you know, we've been hit it with all these movies recently. We, we keep getting hit with all of these uh, superhero movies. And this one really stands apart from especially the MCU or the DCU movies because it's not a, me a member of either of those different genres. You know, it's it's not in the vein of the Suicide Squad or it's not in the vein of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. You know, it's it's none of those things. It's it's it stands completely separate. It's not making jokes. It's not having any flashy, shiny orbs. You know, there there's no CGI glowing products in this movie. You know, like that's 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 a really big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, every single MCU movie, it always ends with someone making a a ball of energy in their hands that's like CGI yellow or green. <laughs> and then shooting it at someone you know like that's which, what happens in every movie now every single one of them with shadows of blue around it <laughs> yeah and you get shades of blue screen coming from behind you you know like it, it's it's just that's what we're getting so much and or we're getting like jokes about people in the movie like about the villains or something like that like we're not getting that's what we're getting in all these movies now and what this did is it it didn't for me this didn't really make a superhero movie and this is what i really wanted to to get into this is a comic book movie and i thought that was so great um i was listening to other people talk about this film and one of the things that really struck me that i i, I really enjoyed was this really did feel like reading the pages of a comic book which was really awesome i think it this is a beautifully crafted film the tone i think is fantastic the art direction is completely shifted and stunning um it's everything is shot at night pretty much there's like half a scene that's during the daytime and even then it's like really it, it's I'd probably think like 
a 10 minute scene that's maybe shot during the daytime. Um, the other part when they're it's during the daytime, he's uh, Bruce Wayne puts sunglasses on. So I'm like, I'm like that's perfect. <laughs> uh, but like, it's it's completely different. It looks very brilliantly colored, but also fuzzy on the edges. You know, the yes. way the use of the, the way Matt Reeves directs this is just incredible. Um, I was such a fan of this because of those elements. The camera is put in different positions. Nothing felt like CGI to me. There's probably one shot in the whole film for me that uh, took me out of it in terms of the CGI. Yes. Uh, I wonder if it's the same one that I thinking of. I wonder. Hmm. Interesting. So it's just... the squirrel suit. Uh, the squirrel scene. Yeah. Is that that is the only scene that I'm like, Oh, come on. I didn't mind the squirrel suit. It was just the, I think the, the end falling. of the squirrel. It yes. Was the falling. Yes. That was, that's the only thing for me. That's it's it for falling. you. It's not. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's not the, perfect. It's not the suit. It's not him flying. It's the, the end of that part against yeah. the bridge yeah. and the falling on the street. That's yeah. the only thing. That's the only thing for me. And like, it was so minor that I was like, okay, whatever. But yeah, that like everything else was like really lit. It looked like this is a real place. It looked like this is a really shitty place, by the way, like Gotham sucks. You know, yeah. like the, the thing I like too about this is they, they shifted tone. Like this is definitely a different Gotham than you got in, all the uh, previous ones in the Dark Knight trilogy. It's a different Gotham from uh, the Tim Burton Gotham. It's different Gotham from the Zack Snyder Gotham. Yep. It, it's very dark. It's falling apart. It's what Gotham's supposed to be. Yes. And uh, I really appreciated that. And I, I, I mean, I just thought there were so many parts of it from a story part point. The action sequences were few and far between, but were perfectly weighted, I think. Mm-hmm. The camera work was great. The set design was perfect. Um, and like, this is what mo superhero movies can be. And like comic book movies can be. Yeah. I'm really a fan of this because like the, the budget of this was the same as Black Widow. <laughs> and with that, we're done. <laughs> Which is such a joke. Black it Widow is, is not a good movie. No, it's awful. And Black Widow looks fake from beginning to end. Yeah. It has the same budget. It has, you know, an even bigger probably production studio behind it. The a MCU bigger, is, a bigger star, for yeah, sure. The studio behind it is massive. the The machine that makes these movies is massive. Yep. But that movie looks like garbage. And this is completely different. And that's what really for me it stood out in like such an interesting way, for sure. Yeah, and for me, just to add really quickly, what I watching this, I'm a huge fan of 70s noir um i love detective i love for example chinatown i love that movie this is chinatown with batman and i appreciated every second of that every second because you're like oh wow i had the same feeling that i had what 14 years ago <laughs> when another bat batman movie came i'm like wow this is um in this case a detective um that one was an organized crime mafia kind of thing but this is a detective movie with a superhero rather than a superhero being a detective. And I loved that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, th that this is definitely a movie that is deriving more of 
that version of Batman because there is different versions of Batman throughout the run of the comic books and everything mm. like that. And this is definitely more of the detective, like the best detective alive, like sort of thing. Yes. And it's a, definitely more genre movie. I mean, Matt Reeves, who's the director and writer of this movie said in a lot of interviews that he took a lot of hints from those movies of the seventies, exactly what you're saying. The French connection, Chinatown, all the president's men, taxi driver, and even Alfred Hitchcock, even in there, he's taking these things and, twisting them into his his film here and there's so many nods to this throughout whether it's some of the setting some of the the styles of car chase even at different points the noir aspects of it yeah even the score for me uh does oh. have all of the same uh hits like like these other genre movies and being three hours long it was a big ind- people were like oh man i don't know about that but what do you think his take on being a noir genre film, uh, as opposed to whatever it is the MCU is doing, how do you think that's going to impact audiences who who might not be expecting this? You know, I think, oh, that's a, that's a very good question. I think, you know, this film, I will say this. I think when I walked out of this film, I, I remember hearing a few people um, saying that it wasn't for them. I do think, as well as this movie's being received, it might be one of the most divisive Batman movies as well. Um, I love that Matt Reeves experimented um, with something different, and it works. Um, and he completely, I feel, as a viewer, this is just me as a viewer, he's watched for the last 10 years what Marvel has been doing, and he said, I am not giving you anything on that. It feels for me as a viewer, he's like, I am not even coming close to that. This is a completely different take. This is my thing. I'm going to do genres. I'm going to mix this up. And I'm going to go revisit the big conversation starter that happened 14 years ago of what a superhero movie can be, especially with this character. And I'm going to give you that you've been cra- something that you've been craving for for almost 15 years. And he did it. And I think it really does work because you have... A lot of things that people don't realize they like, but they do. You have your violence, you have your mobs, you have your sexiness. I want to say it. This movie is super horny between the two main characters, and it's like <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Um, <laughs> this is the horniest Bar- Batman movie ever done. It's so good. Um, but I think it just it goes against what people were expecting, and I think it hits the nail on the head. Because people, I think, are walking away pleasantly surprised. Once again, just like 15 years ago, people were like, oh, is this like really going to happen? And they saw it and you're like, oh, wow, this is good. This is really good and it can be done. And it doesn't have to be, like you said, all shades of orange and blue and green and colorful. We can get a true comic book character in a comic book story in the theater. And I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, the, the idea that they decided to go with a noir film, a crime detective film, uh, is is so brave of them. I mean, I think Warner Brothers is really bold for making this choice and letting Matt Reeves cook here and letting him actually craft the story that he wanted to because, you know, Batman is the most sacred IP that Warner Brothers owns. It is 100% the most sacred IP that they own. And we've made a ton of Batman movies throughout the history of cinema. We have, I think, 14 
Batman films that have been theatrically released. This one, um, you know, it stands out differently from them. I'm not saying it's the best one. I still think, you know, you and I are in agreement that the Dark Knight is possible is just quipping this. Um, and maybe, you know, there's definitely people an argument for the original Batman movie from 1989 to, yeah. to be slightly better in, in, in the way it took it on. Um, I think this will hold some legs because what is so interesting about this one is it takes a risk and really grounds the movie. It puts it back on the ground. For so many of these superhero movies, we've taken off the ground. We've, we've been like thrown into the sky, all these big gadgets. You know, in this movie, we don't have Batman shooting all these gadgets, flying around in helicopters, flying around in the Batmobile around the, the sky or whatever. We don't see uh, extravagant bat, uh, bat cave. You know, we don't no see all cards. Those... <laughs> yeah, we, we don't see all of these things. Instead, yeah. the camera is doing a lot of work. And one mm -hmm. thing I think is really brilliant about this is it's not just like you get this machine behind it that the Marvel has, which I'm not trying to say Marvel movies aren't good. I love Marvel movies. You know, we both love Marvel movies, but this is just, it's a different type of film. It's just a different type of film because for me, again, this is a comic book movie. And what I really enjoy about it is they got a lot of really good people behind the scenes as well. Apart from the director who I think is just working wonders here, you get, you know, a brilliant editor in William Hoy. You get cinematographer Greg Frazier, who's just coming off of making Dune. He goes in and shoots this movie. You know, like mm -hmm. you're going to get some really good results here and it's going to change the way that it's going to be presented to audiences. And I think that translates so well to the screen and so well to just making an awesome movie. And what I hope is that after people go in and see this, Look, the three-hour mark is not something that people should be worried about. You have three hours. If it's you're, you can sit there for three hours. It's okay. You know, if it, people are worried about that, it's fine. Three hours is not that long, especially Remember, within this. I think it moves. Movies used to be three hours long. Like, look at the big epics that people have seen a gazillion times. Spider-Man was three hours long. Yeah. No Time to Die was three hours long. Dune was three hours long. Guess what? All of those movies are really good movies. Yeah. That's fine. Okay, like it's totally fine to get three hour movies. It's fine. It's okay. You'll survive. Yeah. And they're yeah, exactly. They're really good. Too. <laughs> a movie can be 10 hours long. As long as it's good and edited well, you're fine. You will survive. I hope that this movie, if anything else, is just going to make people realize how much the Marvel movies aren't at this level. Now, the Marvel movies are pure popcorn. They're pure popcorn. I feel like this movie is just a little bit above popcorn. And I think that's what I really enjoy. You know, this one's like popcorn with your soda. <laughs> this is the entire, this is the entire $18 combo. <laughs> yeah. This one, you're, this one, it's well, you're willing to pay that. And it's worth it. I think in my mind, that's it's, fair. It, it totally works for me. I mean, I, I, and that's true. This is a popcorn movie, but it's elevated. Mm -hmm. you know, it's 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 elevated and and you can have um yes it's dark and violent we, we're gonna get into this but you can have a teenager maybe even a kid enjoy and love this film but you can as an adult also enjoy it and makes and it makes you also think so it it it, it is both it is elevated popcorn it is true you just said it, it is elevated popcorn 
an I mean, elevated popcorn movie. <laughs> it's a blockbuster. It's still a blockbuster and such a cool movie. I loved everything about it. I thought it was really, really cool. You know, um, what do you think of Warner Brothers' decision to make to allow Matt Reeves to just craft the story he wanted and like really take this on? Because again, it's apart from you know the extended universe of DC. He's breaking that formula there. What do you think of this choice for Warner Brothers to do that? Um, I thought it was great, good on them for taking this chance, especially because we all know that DC is in this weird space um, after whatever happened with the planned multiverse universe that they wanted to create with those characters. Um, you know, three years ago, we got Joker. We got Phillips's, Todd Phillips' Joker. Um, that was a huge hit, you know, beloved Oscars over a billion dollars. And they're like, maybe this works. Um, so good on them for letting Matt Reeves do what he wanted. Um, I think this should be this should be experimented and done more in studios, not only in Warner Brothers, not only in DC, but throughout. It's okay to experiment. I know people are afraid. I don't want to invest the money if people are not going to go see it or blah, blah, blah. Experiment. Give us something fresh and you'll find these gems like this that are worth it. Not everything has to be connected. Not everything has to have a 20-year plan. Not everything has to be paint by numbers. And this is a prime example on letting Anatour do what he wanted and look at the end result. It was fantastic. I think this is, you, you bring a really good point. It's, you know, letting people just experiment and, and try different things. And what I like is they could take these characters that DC has. DC has some great characters in their, in their playbook. And they're letting them craft stories around these characters that are different in tone. Like every single MCU movie. And again, we're not criticizing the MCU, movie, MCU for like being bad. I don't think they're bad. They're, they're, no, they're, we love them. We love those movies. Absolutely. They're, they're a wonder. They're like an amazing, amazing experiment and a huge run and a huge success. But every movie is the same feeling. Every yes. single movie is the same feeling. It's the same genre. It's the same feeling. Whereas with this, this is a different genre from Aquaman, and which is a different genre from wonder Joker. Woman which is a different genre from Wonder Woman. Yes, yes, all of these movies are different genres. And what you can do here is they can just blow it up. Who cares about the DCEU? It didn't work. It shouldn't work. It's just weird having Batman and Superman in the same place because we all know that Superman could just like laser beam Batman in the face and then he dies, right? Like whatever. <laughs> we don't need to get into the comic books of, oh, well, he always has kryptonite with them and all this garbage. Like who cares? Leave that uh, for cartoons, not for live action. Yeah, it, it works great in cartoons. I think that, you know, I think the DCEU is great in cartoons. They have fantastic cartoons that have been yes. out there for a long time. Check out the animated series that are on HBO right now. But I think when it comes to these types of films, go crazy. Make some more rugged things i think they have a really good opportunity here and i think it, it could pay off totally i mean we have three jokers potentially three four five jokers can run around who cares i don't care i love yeah. batman i love the joker let's keep getting them out there and and you know i was when i was a kid i was more into comic books than i am recently um and a teenager i read tons and i have always said this what i've always been the reason i have always been frustrated by dc is because if dc were to get their stuff together um based on comics and source materials dc has way better stories than marvel 
Their stories are more grounded. Their stories are more real. I mean, look at this. Look at 15 years ago with the Dark Knight. Look at the Batman. I'm not a huge fan of the Joker, but I understand why people love it. And I and I I do give that movie a lot of credit. And if done correctly, DC could be running the superhero thing. But, you know, got to experiment, like we said, do different things. And I think that's totally fair. I mean, I, I personally enjoy this. I love that they also gave us uh, a different sort of Batman film. And I really like that it's it's completely separate from the other things, especially because what I'm really happy about is they treated us like adults and they all mm -hmm. actually recognize the fact that most every single person in America knows who Batman is, right? We know the origin of Batman. Okay, we know that a dude went in an alleyway and killed Martha, uh, Martha <laughs> Wayne and Thomas Wayne. We know Martha. that. And what I appreciate is they didn't kill the Waynes in this movie. We didn't see them get killed, which I was like, so I felt refreshed that I didn't have to watch Martha and Thomas Wayne get killed again. Since we were kids. We've seen that same scene a gazillion times since oh we were God. kids. We were so lucky. I mean, so what, 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 I'm, what I'm getting with this is like, we're starting, this is Batman is established. This is year two Batman, which yes. is like a really big deal. What did you like? What did you think about this? The choice uh, that Matt Reeves made to make this a second year Batman rather than an origin story. Oh, I loved it. Just, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's a plain explanation. I'm tired of the origin story. Um, we've seen it. We know that will never change. It's always the same alley, the same gun, the same pearl necklace breaking. Um, I'm over it. So like, and you said something that I hadn't thought about. And it's true. I like that. He didn't treat us like idiots. You know who Batman is. We've all grown on Batman. We know who this character is. You don't have to read the comics. You have not. You don't have to see the movies. Somebody around you will tell you that his parents got shot. And that's it. And I think that was very clever. That's very smart. Plus, it also gives you, story-wise, just go for it. You don't have to spend time dragging, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes on showing a 10 minute scene on going out of the theater, getting shot, and then 15 minutes of him crying in a funeral and being all broody as a kid. No, just give us Batman. That's what I love about this movie. It's Batman. Like this is Batman. There's hardly any Bruce Wayne in this movie. And I loved that, which Very is what well, I wanted yeah. to see. This is Batman. And I think that was something I didn't realize how much I wanted that until I was seeing the movie. And I'm it's like, crazy. holy wow, this is Batman and not Bruce Wayne. Finally. Thank it's, you. It's crazy. The movie's like three hours long. We might get 15 minutes of, of Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. This is the first minutes. Batman movie out of even the sequels had it. This is the very first Batman movie that we don't see Bruce Wayne in a gala. <laughs> in a tux <laughs> in a gala. It is the very first one. And we've I had loved it. a gazillion yeah. movies of Batman. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I I really liked it. I like that they he he like you said, he, he's, he's treating us like adults. Like everybody knows who Batman is. Even if you don't, you've seen the bat signal. I mean, I just was driving the other day and I saw it hanging in the mirrors of, of cars. You see it on, you know, people have it on t-shirts. Babies yeah. are wearing Batman t-shirts. Like, you know, it's everywhere. Everybody knows who Batman is. We mm -hmm. don't have to explain it. We don't, everybody knows that he's an orphan um, and he doesn't have any superpowers. We, we understand that. Okay. So we don't need to figure out where he got all his stuff from and all of this. Like, so I, I really, really appreciated that. And this also is what I liked about this movie is it's not just we're, we're like introduced to Batman. We're introduced to an early Batman and Batman throughout this movie goes through an arc, 
which I think is really good. We see him in the beginning being this vengeful character who is trying to figure out how he can save Gotham, and he does it through what he's calling vengeance. Mm -hmm. And he goes and beats the shit out of people, basically. Like, I also thought people's arms in the subway, which is I thought that first that first fight when he that intro that intro of his is so good. Yeah, when he just walks out of the darkness and just beats the shit out of these guys who are beating up a person, like, I think it's just fantastic. Like, I, I love that. I mean, and he, he's also very violent. Like, his, you feel the violence in those uh, in yeah. those scenes. Um, but obviously, throughout the film, he has an arc about, like, is that the way to be the person he should be for Gotham? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into that a little bit more later in, like, sort of his arc in t- towards the end of the film uh, in a little bit. But I do want to go into and talk really quickly about the choice of casting here. So Robert Pattinson plays the Batman here, and this is a really bold choice. Okay. You know, he's best known for playing a vampire. Glittery, glittery vampire, a glittery vampire (laughs) in twilight. Right. So there is an argument to be made that he technically is still playing a glittery vampire because he doesn't go out in the sunlight and he's playing a bat. So he's technically still a vampire. And he's emo. So (laughs) yeah, but what was your initial reaction to hearing that that uh, Edward Cullen is playing the Batman? Um, I didn't hate it. Um, because I do. This is the year for the Twilight actors to finally show their range. We have one nominated for the Oscars, and now we've had one for the last ten years doing these indies, and now became the Batman. I wasn't totally against it. I was still apprehensive. I'm like, is he like what type of Batman are they doing? Is he gonna pull it off because he's very young um compared to what we've had previously so where are we going with this as an actor i've always liked him better than anybody else from twilight uh i like his choices of being weird i compare him a lot with daniel Radcliffe, who just take these crazy roles um if you've seen the lighthouse mermaids are involved so come on he does crazy roles um so i was like okay we'll see I am very happy with what he did. I think he is a perfect, perfect Batman. Um, And I was pleasantly surprised with his take on how, based on the trailers and on pictures, people were saying, oh my God, he's just going to be emo and brooding the entire movie. And yes, he does that. But there is, like you said, an arc and there is a development to his character that you see throughout the movie. And Matt Reeves, going with what you mentioned earlier with camera work, I am not a huge fan of a lot of face shots, especially when they're constantly done, unless done correctly. And you captured, Matt Reeves captured everything that Pattinson did as Batman in his face, and it was fantastic. I agree with you on this. I mean, I think Pattinson was a very bold choice. Uh, Right from the beginning, I was like, really? Robert Pattinson's playing the Batman? But like... Honestly, I've always liked Robert Pattinson since like 2008 or nine, not in the Twilight series. I've never really watched the Twilight series, but I liked him since I saw this movie, Remember Me, which was a a little uh, indie film from him back in the day. And I really liked Remember Me. Uh, I I felt it was he was a relatable character. Um, I really liked him in that. And I was like, oh, wow, this guy can be like people other than Twilight. And then since Twilight, he's just made the weirdest possible movies he can possibly make. (laughs) Like he's like, I'm not doing anything within the business. I'm, I'm not committing to any of that. 
you know, he makes Cosmopolis, High Life, Good Times. He makes like all of these really weird movies and especially like The Lighthouse where he is fully going for it in that movie. It is yeah. an absurd, dark movie. And I'm like, this guy is an actor. He's a really, really talented actor. And I've, I've always really liked him. And I, you know, going back into this, I, th- I think he's a really interesting choice. What I found out, which is interesting, is when he was filming the Batman, he's actually older than Christian Bale was when he was cast in Batman Begins, which I found to be really interesting. Oh, <laughs> he's wow. older than I think Christian Bale is actually a lot younger than everybody thinks he is because um, he's just been around for so long. Plus, it's the roles he nuts. takes are always like bald yeah. fat men. <laughs> like American Psycho, I think in American Psycho, he's like 22. Wow. It's like nuts. But regardless, I think that Robert Pattinson, you know, has the acting chops to pull this off. And I think he does. I think he's very, very good as Batman. Bruce Wayne is a different story. I don't, you know, he, he plays a very, very different Bruce Wayne from anyone else. No one else has played any Bruce Wayne sort of like him. He chose as well as well to like drop the whole uh, Bruce Wayne playboy aspect, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where Bruce Wayne hides behind this secret character that he makes of Bruce Wayne where, you know, really, I mean, the Riddler says this in the movie. He's like, well, this is your real character. Yeah. Whoever you are outside of this is, is, is you know, the is mask. Who you are. That's the mask. Yeah. Yep. And that's really a, a key part to Batman. I mean, Batman is who he is. And like, really, when he it, Bruce Wayne becomes his mask. Uh, and you can see this within other iterations of it. I mean, I think Christian Bale does a great job of playing Bruce Wayne. Uh, but I really think Pattinson nails playing Batman. I mean, you are so right. With all the close-up shots that Matt Reeves used, uses throughout this uh, movie... You see a lot of facial acting because he's very, very subtle and very small. The way he works his eyes is really, really good. Um, not to, to get into a tiny bit of spoiler territory here, so we, we will be talking a little bit about some hints of spoilers. There's a great interrogation scene in this where the Riddler and Batman are talking, and there's I don't want to... Sp- totally spoil it but there's a great exchange in that and then all of a sudden there's a little bit of a a trigger and then you see uh batman's eyes do something like oh wow he has no idea and it's just this cool shift and you can read that all in his face and i think pattinson does a really really good job of of doing that and i think the physicality is great too um he's not very big and imposing but i think the choreography is is very good Mm -hmm. it's tight it's long shots it's wider shots you actually see stuff and i think that that pattinson pulls it off really well yep and that adds to the mystique of batman which Mm -hmm. i think it's why you know the more we we were having this conversation the more i'm thinking about it and i realized holy crap this is just more mystique to this idea of batman it's really a different take when you really start breaking everything apart that we haven't seen that adds this I don't know, thing to to the image of Batman. And you're like, oh, wow, yeah. It's just the little things that just stay with you. You're like, holy crap, this is a fantastic Batman movie. I mean, I like that. It's very different from any other Batman film. I mean, it's certainly not Michael Keaton. You know, it's funny when you look at the different people. It's not Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton really 
put on this persona. He goes to a party. Um, it's not George Clooney who is, you know, a, the the king of the world at that point. You know, mm -hmm. really burgeoning his career. Val Kilmer, who is just a very good-looking face. You know, uh, it's very different from all of those different iterations, and even uh, the Ben Affleck version of Batman or Bruce Wayne, where it's a very he's just that that version is very physically imposing. Yes, uh, and. Pattinson just goes in a completely different direction. I think that Matt Reeves made a very conscious decision to to change this. And we do get the most, I would definitely say the most emo version. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's, it's you know, you definitely know that uh, this Bruce Wayne grew up listening to uh, emo music. And, you know, this brings me to a really, really good question. And uh, it's really, what do you think when, when Bruce Wayne fires up his Spotify to work on the Batmobile, what do you think is on his playlist? You got any songs that come to mind that he's listening to? Absolutely. He's listening to I'm Not Okay, I Promise by Chemical Romance. <laughs> for sure. That is like... That's the number one. <laughs> he's like one. the peak. Like, he's a chemhead, for sure. He definitely that, looks like a chemhead. That's the one. Like, that's the one that he starts and ends the day with and plays <laughs> it a couple of times throughout the day as well. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, Lover I Don't Have to Love by Bright Eyes. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And all to that get I've in got. those deep cuts. Yep. And, and all that I've the got used. by the used. I mean, yeah, those were my jams when I was in high school. So that's exactly what he's listening to. I mean, for me, he definitely looks like someone who listens to like a lot of Radiohead and is definitely yes. up to telling you that. Like he, he listens to Karma Police. He listens to Creep. Yep. You know, like he, that's what he's listening to. Um, he's listening to Kid A, that whole album. He's just oh, listening wow. to it on repeat. Yep. You know, that's what he's doing. <laughs> I mean... It's that we just that, got transported to our high school years. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, that's definitely what he's listening to. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> I like his take on that. I mean, you look at it, he's a traumatic character. I mean, he's a complete recluse. He doesn't leave his house, he, he doesn't go anywhere. And and that's what he does. And uh, well, I think and, it totally works. And what I think is really good is that we've had all, all, every single Batman that we've gotten up to this point deals with so obviously trauma because of course you watch your parents die but i think the way that we get him handling the death of his parents in this one is just refreshing because it's so different and like we stated earlier it helps that we don't get to see that mm -hmm. in the movie because it's just him and we see everything everything through his eyes and his mental state rather than actually putting the scene in front of us, which I think really helps. And I think that is a prime example of that in that interrogation scene when it shifts and when everything you're like, Oh wow. And obviously no spoilers. There's a hospital scene that I loved. I have never teared up in a Batman movie ever. And I got teary eyed in this one. It's a beautiful hospital scene that I'm like, okay, this is what Reeves intended when it came to his backstory. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the the different type of way it's looking at a psychological picture of it. And that was one of the things that Matt Reeves talked about in some interviews where he was talking about how he really wanted to pave a very different psychological profile of this character. Because mm -hmm. like Bruce Wayne is a completely tortured character and he's hiding it in many cases. But this one, it's, it's, living, it's leaving it out there and mm -hmm. playing it out there. And I really... Uh, appreciate the way that Pattinson was able to project that into the character and then, you know, take 
a different stroke with that with with the Batman himself. So I think that really really works. And I also appreciate the costume. I really liked the costume. I, I liked think the it. mask I worked really it. well. Yeah. You know, the mask was kind of cool because it was made of like leather and all of this stuff and I guess it's bulletproof, right? I, I mean, I mean, because he got shot like a million times in this movie. I mean, sure. I mean, he has the money. I like the um, the chess piece that he could take out. Um, yeah, that I liked um, quite a lot, and I like that it doesn't shy away from, like you said, showing a different physicality of the Batman. This mm-hmm. is not a full-on developed strong man. This is basically again year two. This is basically just a twenty-year-old Batman trying to figure his place in the city and what he's doing. Um, and I like that. I like that the, the suit doesn't bulk him up like a Ben Affleck does or like a Christian Bale suit does, which I really liked. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I mean, I like a lot of the costuming in this. I think the entire art direction is really good. I think from the costuming to the the, the different set design, the set the, design the, is the props perfect. I think are great too. So I, I want to rave get... in that. I want to rave in that club. <laughs> the ice what is it, the iceberg lounge the, i i want to rave i want to was the lettuce was the iceberg lettuce lounge i don't remember what it was called so like I, 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 as, as soon as he comes in and we see the first and everybody I'm like that reminded me I'm like this is the blade scene from the opening of the first movie i'm like yes i want to rave in that club it is a good club it does look like a good place to hang out i mean it looked like it definitely looked like that that transports you back to like 2010 with all the music playing there and like the house mm-hmm. music and stuff it was yeah it seemed pretty good uh yeah um let's talk about these other characters though so like let's let's get into it the, right off the bat we have to talk about selena kyle catwoman played by zoe kravitz i think she was one of the standout characters for me i think she was a, a really interesting choice and i i really thought it worked really really well i mean the chemistry right off the bat is undeniable there was like some crazy chemistry and a lot of sexual tension throughout this film more than really any other batman movie i've seen and uh she looked great uh and they look great together and i thought her character was was really well done what did you think of her hot hot catwoman can do whatever she wants to me um i thought she was fantastic i've been a, a fan of zoe kravitz since x-men first class um mm-hmm. i thought she was really good in that i i really enjoyed her in the divergent movies um as well one of the few things that i liked um you know she's done she has a good very good filmography um i was just so pleasantly surprised that the chemistry was way beyond what I expected. Like I said, this movie's horny. This is a horny relationship and I loved it. I hadn't seen this kind of chemistry or this kind of like back and forth since Michelle Pfeiffer's um, Catwoman with Michael Keaton, which I would argue that's the hottest a Catwoman and Batman interaction. Um, I think this goes beyond that which is a lot to say. I loved her interpretation of Catwoman. I know a lot of people have been um, saying, oh, well, it's not really Catwoman. She's playing Selena rather than Catwoman. That's because you throw in a beanie that has two pointy ears, stuff like that. Again, this is year two. This is before she is known as Catwoman in Gotham City. This is the beginning of these characters. And I really appreciated that take. I just thought she was great. Just fantastic. And she looks so good with that short hair. Like, yes. Yeah, I think she just looked fantastic in this. I mean, as a as a costuming, I think worked really well. 
Uh, I have not seen any of the criticism of her like not being a full-on quote-unquote cat woman. I mean, just because she's not like the Michelle Pfeiffer version that comes from Batman Returns, where she gets like killed and then revived by cats and then turns like into a <laughs> chaos agent, I think that's fine. <laughs> you know, this yeah. I actually really like her story arc. Her story arc is really good. It makes sense. You know, they don't. Well, meet... it's real. It's reality. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that like if, if this is really nice because like. Bruce Wayne does not meet Catwoman at a at a ball, you know, which is where, you know, we find it in The Dark Knight Rises. That's where they meet. You know, that's not where they meet. They meet like at a club where she is trying to steal from everybody there, uh, which makes sense. And I, I really like her character arc. She cares about people. Um, she's trying to, you know, she's she's not a great character. She's not what I mean is like she's not a good character yet. We don't know. She plays sort of an anti-hero in this, and it, it kind of works out. Like, we don't, because she, she's trying to steal from people. She's setting up uh, scores in this. And I, I really appreciate just this diff, this slightly different take on the character. Um, and I really think that Zoe Kravitz kills it in this role. Yeah. I mean, she every time she's on screen, she just is... Your eyes gravitate towards her, um, and I think it really works. She looks fantastic. The, the outfits are great. Her persona is just really well uh, thought out and yeah. lived in. She does very well teetering because um, Catwoman is this ambivalent character between good and bad, and I think she does a very, very good job in doing that. Um, she's definitely my favorite since Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, it's not really hard. I know Halle Berry was a huge miss, and Anne Hathaway's very divisive on that. So yes. <laughs> um, the Bean villain here, we got a very different version of the Riddler. You know, we we got Jim Carrey's Riddler uh, back in the '90s. Wildly different in this one. Uh, <laughs> this one, he's painted more as a serial killer and one that is trying to expose like the under the dark underbelly of Gotham. Um, Paul Dano takes on this role and Paul Dano is, is a, is an actor who I think is just very, very talented, mm -hmm. but the, his, his biggest issue is he, he has a very specific type of role that he can play and he's very, very good at it, yeah. but he, he does have a very specific type. Um, but I think it works really, really well for this character. What did you think of this version of the Riddler? I loved it. Like you said, it's completely different from Jim Carrey. And I love Jim Carrey's take on the Riddler. I mm. would always love that. But this is fantastic. Dude, his introduction, the very first scene where we say, I got I got a little jumpy when he's like in the, like, I'm like, oh, okay. He's like right there. I'm like, okay, this is kind of horror. And I love that. Um, I thought he was great. I thought he handled and gave us a, obviously a very different, but very realistic take. Paul Dano, like you said, I think is a very underrated actor. I think he's way better than what people um, or what or, or way better than the performances he's done. Like he deserves more opportunities. That's what I mean. I want to see him in more stuff. I if I were to say a criticism, it's not with what he did or the way it was portrayed. It's that I wish I would have seen more of his. Quote unquote, real persona in the movie because i think the scene in arkham was so good the interrogation scene was so fantastic i wish we would have seen that a little bit more but he's fantastic throughout the entire movie he is great and i think it was very smart to pick the riddler as the main villain of this movie 
Yeah, I mean, I remember when people saw the trailer, they were worried, like, oh, is this going to be, like, another version of the Joker? No, it's not another version of the Joker. This is definitely the Riddler. He's definitely playing a character who is asking questions, leading people down a rabbit hole. It makes the mystery part of it really well established. You know, it definitely requires some detectiveness of it. And I really loved that. I mean, you know, it's interesting that they take it and, and kind of put him in, like, a little bit of modern politics, which worked and also didn't work in some cases. It went a little too far in some cases, but I really liked the different way here where he's asking riddles, asking questions, trying to expose things. Um, what I liked about the choices that were made within not just the character, but within the filming of the character is you also, you you know what the Riddler is this vicious serial killer in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, certainly bludgeoning people to death, uh, torturing people, cutting a, fingers off. Yeah, he cuts fingers off. He puts a bomb collar around someone. He hooks up a torture device that has rats chew through a body. Right. Yep. Like he has all these things. But what I love is you don't see any of it. But <laughs> what you might not have realized is you don't see any of it. Because it's all on the fringes of the screen. It's all in the blurred sections. It's on the cuts. And it's such it's so well crafted that you don't need to see it to know how crazy and violent it is. And yep. that's what I think is so well done with this with this version of it. And I mean I I love the Riddler and his like twistedness, because he's very much a twisted character. Um, you know, his scene, like you said, his scene in Arkham is great where Paul Dano really gets to f- go full on to like yes. showing how confused he is and how uh really sick he is like he's definitely a sick person uh mental health is a very key thing (laughs) for for (laughs) everybody's crazy in gotham city (laughs) yeah uh arkham asylum not doing very well you know they're not i mean clearly since you know the entire history of arkham is very dark and shrouded in a lot of issues like apparently the first the, the architect went and crazy and killed people and then was stored there in the in the history of it but also the fact that everybody breaks out all the time Probably not that great, <laughs> but you know, it's, he, I think he's just so good there. The the way he uses social media is really interesting. You know, he's got like a really interesting, like influencer craze going on there, um, which was a very pleasant surprise for me story-wise towards the third act of the film. Yeah. There were some choices in the third act that were a little bit too rushed out there too not necessarily rushed. I would say too close to home i think okay you know the the uh inclusion of him on dark social media yeah you know i think some of that stuff in the The dark web the dark web and like the last scene there was a little bit much um but i really did like him i think it's it's funny you get to see his like zoom setup in his in his lair uh which is like we can all relate to that you know i think there's there's some really good aspects there but i really think that paul dano does a fantastic job here Definitely, well, what, and and well. also I think Matt Reeves um really captured and the other co-writer I forgot his name um really captured how smart the Riddler the Riddler is which I really enjoyed um you know he's the Riddler um but we got a different version in the nineties and throughout the movie you see him here being actually smart and being most of the movie one step ahead of everybody which I really really liked in a very noir way, which is very 70s, very detective. And I really appreciated that. What did you think of uh, 
Oz slash Penguin and like Carmine Falcone. What did you think of those two? So we have Colin Farrell, who is completely unrecognizable in this, like completely. I could not see him at all. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, also you had uh, Carmine Falcone be played by John Turturro. What did you think of those two? Penguin for me, MVP of the movie. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> Colin Farrell knew exactly what he was doing. You can tell. You can tell by watching the movie. He was enjoying the hell mm-hmm. out of this yep. role. He was loving every second of it. I thought it was fantastic. Again, a very, very different take from the Penguin that we got in the '90s, Danny DeVito's, which I think is fantastic because I love DeVito as the Penguin. Very different. Very crime lord. Very um just real and in your face, which I really loved. I think this role could have become the Jared Leto. That's going to become yeah. a, now a descriptor, the Jared Leto of the Batman. And I'm happy that it did not. I am happy that he really played it real, even in his over the topness. It feels very real and grounded, which I loved. Turturro, we need to see him in more stuff. He's fantastic. Like, I, I mean, he's great. I loved him at Falcone, as Falcone. Falcone, Falcone, uh. Falcone, I think, yeah. Falcone. Um, I really enjoyed the layers of story that they gave him and the interconnectivity with other characters. Um, I thought that was really, really smart. Penguin MVP for me. Falcone, Torturo played it great. I think it was kind of surprising. I mean, a lot of people didn't know John Turturro was in this because he's not really in the trailer. But I think he does a really good job as Falcone. Uh, it's it's a really good role. There's a lot of names being thrown around in this movie for a little while, yes. you know, which is, does get a little bit confusing with it. You know, uh, we get the, we get Salvatore Moroni, which we never get to see, but like mm-hmm. we, we get the names thrown out there and like, I was, I was getting a little bit confused, but, um, I really like, you're, you're, you're totally right. Uh, um, Colin Farrell as the penguin as Oz is just great. He's loving everything about it. That's why, why he's so excited because He's getting his own spinoff series on yes, HBO. Yes, he is. One which, of the two spinoff series is his. Yeah, which is pretty exciting. You know, we're going to get that series. He's going to be raving. In... He's going to be raving at the dance club. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's in like that's in like a lot further talks, too. So like that's actually like full on mm. happening. The other one was like supposed to be Gotham City PD, but that pretty much like flatlined. That, yeah, there's no I real think talk about I think out. it's going to be Arkham Asylum. I think they're going to yeah. do. I think it's going to be Arkham, the second spinoff show. So that'll be good. And aren't you happy that Penguin actually paid attention in Spanish? Watch the movie and you'll see what we're talking about. <laughs> he does <laughs> Spanish. Like he has such like a, a great use of Spanish, which is pretty funny. You know, <laughs> that's how you use the articles. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got his articles all figured out for yeah. sure. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so good. That was that was, I'm like when I that came out. I'm like, OK, this is. That's a little humor in a three-hour broody movie. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> the other two characters I wanted to talk about uh, are just, you know, Gordon, because you got to talk about Gordon and Alfred. So we'll start off with Gordon. Uh, you know, obviously, James Gordon, Jim Gordon, played by Jeffrey Wright in this. Still not commissioner yet. Uh, he's mm-hmm. obviously on his track to becoming commissioner Detective. because he's going to be there. So uh, what would you think of his performance? Um, listen, we're getting into the two characters that I think we've never gotten a bad version in any Batman movie. I think Jeffrey Wright as Gordon um, was great. I love Jeffrey Wright. Um, I loved how the relationship of Gordon and Batman in this one is portrayed. I don't think we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the outside world, everybody around them, these are very two different characters. We have a vigilante Versus we have a police um, commissioner, this point detective. Um, 
but they are the only two people that trust themselves and trust each other, which is really interesting. And I think we kind of see that in every single other Batman movie, but here we're like, okay, this is where it comes from. I can see why the relationship is so close. And I really, really like that. Uh, And Jeffrey Wright is just a damn good actor. Yeah. I thought Jeffrey Wright did a really good job here. And like you said, they're so different characters and their duo, their story in this is very good because like they're sticking his, like Gordon's sticking his neck out all the time. And like, he's really bringing Batman into the fold throughout this movie. There's a great scene when uh, they go into the first crime scene and the camera is actually really great because it's right behind Gordon as he's walking into the scene. We don't realize at the very first clip, you don't think about it, but you think it's just a camera following Gordon but what you realize is it's actually a point of view of Batman, Batman walking yep. into it. And Gordon is leading Batman into it. And all these cops are like, why did you bring this guy here? And Gordon's probably getting a ton of shit for this. You know, he's probably yep. getting a ton of flack for bringing Batman into a crime scene. And even he does get it in the very beginning there. You know, they're like, why'd you let this freak in here? Yeah. And, even in the police station, which I thought it was mm-hmm. a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he really does a great job there. Um, the last one I want to talk about is Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis plays um, Alfred Pennyworth in this. So he plays Alfred, the the famed butler of the uh, of the Waynes. So his performance is very different here. Um, it's I think a very different take from other ones. I mean, certainly Gordon. I mean, that's not Gordon. Sorry, Alfred is the is a father figure here in in the Batman uh, story, and he is always there as the assistant. But um, in this, Bruce is, is very much resistant to this. And he says, keep saying, like, don't be my father. Don't be my father. You're not my father. Uh, what did you think of Andy Serkis's performance here? I, again, um, Alfred is one of the two characters that I think we've never gotten a bad version of in any Batman movie. Um, I love Andy Serkis. Um, I love Andy Serkis as an actor when he plays small roles like this. Um, or motion capture, of course. Um I thought it was really, really good. Again, I've never teared up in a Batman movie. The hospital scene for me was fantastic. It was very subtle. We, I would say that the closest to this kind of relationship between Alfred and Batman that we've gotten was surprisingly in Batman and Robin, which is the one that he's dying of a disease um, that they're trying to, like Mr. Freeze has to cure because his wife. Um, But I liked seeing more relationship building that I think we've seen before. Again, in all the other Batman movies, they're already established. Older Batman, um, Alfred has been with him since he was basically born. And here we're seeing not everything is peachy and keen and, you know, things are being worked out. And I love the scene that Pattinson's Batman realizes what he realizes. And I'm like, okay, now I know where you guys are going. Thank you for giving me the before that I really needed that we have never seen before. I was really a big fan of it. I think he, he could almost do more. I think they could have used with some, a little bit more of Andy circus in this, but um, I was really happy with what we got. Um, moving on to just kind of getting towards the, the end of this discussion here, but like what scenes were you most impressed by? Like, what did you love, love from this really here? I love the beginning. Um, I love the opening scene with the mayor, the can, the candidate for mayor. Um, which is the introduction of Riddler. I thought that was fantastic. I love, which is in the trailer, um, the very end when the water is hitting the stadium and he rescues the kid and he has the flare. That shot from above, I think, is beautiful. And I oh, yeah. really love that scene. 
I love the again towards the end the scene where he's on top of the roof and when we see the Some we cool hear the shots, voiceover yeah. of who he's becoming now and who he's about to become. I loved it. My favorite scene of the entire movie is most of the, my favorite movies are scenes are at the end when he is fighting all the vigilantes at the top and he is fighting the guy that says vengeance. I am vengeance, which is the line that we hear him say at the very beginning. I'm like, oh, crap, this is good because this is what Batman did. And in that moment, you're like, you're also responsible for what's going on. And I love that scene. I don't know why. I just really, really loved it. Um, those were my favorite scenes. I mean, I think what you're talking about is semi-spoilerish, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> just like seeing part of the arc there, uh, looking at the idea of he's he realizes sort of by the end that vengeance is not the way. Mm-hmm. Vengeance is not going to save Gotham. And he realizes that specifically in that scene that you're talking about where he he decides like, I can't be a, it can't avenge the entire city because that would mean it has to be destroyed before I can I have to be something different and I think that's a really important change that happens there um I think you're talking about specific shots that are just gorgeous shots there's some really really good stills from mm. this you could you could screen grab so many stills so from this many. movie that are really 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 good um one thing I I there's two things I wanted to talk about one I love the journaling the journaling aspect of this, which yeah. is a voiceover, really, really good. That's one of the things for me that felt like reading the subtext on a comic book. Oh, a comic book. It made me feel like I'm reading the different frames of a comic book. And I really, really appreciated that. I thought that was really cool because, like, there were some cool aspects of that. But for me, one of the best scenes is definitely the the Batmobile chase. Incredible. So good. The, the, the sound of the Batmobile turning on, the fact that when it turns on, you get this little cool like look and then everybody's looking at it and it's it's a good like 10 seconds of this thing turning on and heating up yep. and you just see this like glow of the engine and it is vicious and it's such an awesome awesome driving scene you know it's not these like some cheesy film like scenes that we're getting in in some other movies it's it's better than like late stage fast and furious movies you know we're getting like a a, a driving scene reminiscent of like bullet or the born identity or you know some of these other really really good driving sequences that we're getting and i thought it worked so well because it looked real a lot of it was practical as well which is something that you know guess what you can make practical effects look great (laughs) yep not a surprise and i thought that whole scene was really cool because like it just looked badass like the batmobile just looked badass looked just so like like just brutal and really fit in with the characterization of it and i was really really impressed with that um real quick to end off a little bit like what what didn't work for you um the scene that we mentioned earlier the squirrel scene <laughs> the squirrel, mm-hmm. i didn't mind the suit i just that was the this five seconds i'm like ah almost yeah. got it almost got it um i wish i would have gotten more riddler um as Paul Dano, let's say, rather than the mask Riddler, because I thought he was fantastic in that. Um, and there is a cameo of a character. Um, the ending part, yeah, it didn't didn't really do that much for me either. Yeah, I'm like, I know you're I, about, yeah, yeah. I didn't hate it. Um, I like it. I because I I like that actor. I like that character. I will say this: there are other characters, there are other villains in Batman. 
I wish it would have been a different um, villain rather than this one. Um, so I didn't hate it, but I wasn't like, oh, yes. And again, here we go again. No. Yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of like the little mini stinger that's on the end there. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that was really necessary. There are a couple of things where I thought there are slight parts when it dragged. I'm not going to say it dragged a lot because I thought it really worked. I didn't like some of the, the dark web stuff that was there because I thought it was a little bit too much current events in my mind. So <laughs> I, I wasn't that big of a fan there. Um, but other than that, I, I really don't have many critiques of it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's a very beautifully made film. Um, I'm ready for more. Are you think? Do you think we're going to get more of these? Or oh, extended absolutely. Universe, the, more extended, stuff? the extended is just coming. We we're at least getting two shows. Um, I know Pattinson already expressed interest in being Batman for a sequel. Um, yeah, we're getting more. I'm excited. I'm excited. Who would you like to see in a sequel? Um, like as, as a, a villain? villain? Yeah. I would love to see. We got a we got a version of this character in the '90s, but I would like to see the dark, dark version of Two Face. Well, we also got it in the Dark Knight, but uh, I don't think he was fleshed out as much. I would love to see a full-on, just crazy, insane version of Two Face. Um, that would be really cool for me. Like that's one of the ones that I'm waiting. Or, well, not or and Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy is just a fantastic character that you can do so much with, especially if you bring back Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. That would be formidable. That would be amazing. Give us a full-on female, badass, crazy character. And not a horrible death scene like in The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I would I would really like... It's kind of funny. I, I There's a character I, I've I've been like looking, doing some more stuff. I mean, I'm interested to see if we're ever going to get a Robin again. First of all, mm. I don't know if we're ever going to get one because it just seems too cheesy. <laughs> JGL I mean, is waiting I, for his call. <laughs> if I'm honest, if I'm honest, like I feel like it's too cheesy of a character. That's fair uh, to put to put in this, and maybe we will, maybe we won't. You're not uh, missing the think, green underwear over the black tights. No, I don't think it, it just doesn't work. <laughs> really, it doesn't translate well to the screen. Um, but there's a character uh, called Hugo Strange who I mm -hmm. really have been I've been looking at more, and it'd be interesting because it's another Doctor, it's another Doctor Strange, but uh, <laughs> which is interesting. Uh, but Hugo Strange is a supervillain that's like a, a psychiatrist that runs Arkham at one point, and like yep. really manipulative. And I think it'd be really cool to see how they can manipulate the psychological aspect of Batman, and I think like that's a direction that this can go in because um you know matt reeves is i think very skilled at this so mm -hmm. i think he he understands the psychology of it i feel like he could do some pretty interesting things with the character so that could be interesting especially if we have a um an arkham series like you said that could be an interesting way to tie the two together for sure so that could be interesting yeah i think i think for um these villains for an arkham series would be really good um they could really do a lot of it a lot of that stuff for arkham if they do it especially because they have a lot of these villains they have them in the animated harley quinn show um that they could just bring in i would also like to mention hush i think hush is a great um, villain that i would love to see at some point 
So all in all, we, we're in agreement. This is a great movie. I would totally recommend people going to see this. Check it out in theaters. It's a great theatrical movie. I mean, one thing we didn't even get into talking about, which we both love, is just the score. Just freaking nails you over the head, slams you in the face. It's it's really good. I mean, Michael uh, Giacchino is just so good in this and, and just really crushes it with these like heavy, heavy tones. And it just drives you forward. And it's, it creates the world that really hits you hard in the yep. theater. Um, yep. It's in your face in the best possible way. So if you get the chance, go check it out in theaters. I would, I would definitely, definitely recommend this. I know you would recommend this. Um, definitely get a, get a chance to go see something in the theaters. You know, it's a good return film for sure. Um, we'll be back next week talking about more stuff, getting ready for uh, the further furtherment of the award season. We got a couple of streaming movies coming out this weekend. So we'll be probably talking about some of that. Uh, we're getting really excited for uh, a, an upcoming year. Also, we, oh man, we got a, a good, a very good um, retro review coming up in a couple weeks. So stay tuned for that. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week.